to another episode of New York Sports Incomplete. This is Rex the Rookie here with John the Vet. How's it going, John? Uh, I'm doing good, Rex. I'm doing good. We're, uh, we're, almost, we're almost there. We're, we're almost in September. <laughs> All right, folks. This episode brought to you by Buddy's Barbecue. If you live on Long Island and you're going to have an event with a bunch of people and you don't want to have to cook yourself... Call Buddy Moore at Buddy's Barbecue for, for excellent catered barbecue cooked right in front of you. 516-497-0246. Call Buddy at 516-497-0246. And be sure to tell him that the guys at New York Sports Incomplete turned you on to him. Because we want free barbecue. All right, John, let's get into it. Let's uh, do it. Let's start. With the New York Football Giants, they had a preseason game. What What did you see? What did you like? Well, uh, I think well from actually from the very first play of the game, which was an interception by Jason Pinnock, uh, he was fantastic. He only played five snaps the whole game, and in those five snaps, he had an interception, a tackle for a loss, and he broke up a pass on fourth down with terrific pass coverage. And that was it. So, uh, he, he was sensational. Um, he looked good in camp. He actually had flashes of being good last season. So, um, as far as who's going to be the safety opposite, Xavier McKinney, uh, Jason Pinnock might have just locked that job up. Outside of that, not a very exciting game. It was actually kind of brutal at times. Because uh, you just poor poor Tommy DeVito in his first uh, NFL start, uh, he was getting battered because our backups just couldn't block anyone. Uh, but he actually he he hung in there. He he did he did pretty well. Like he he could have played horribly, and that would have been the last anyone ever heard of Tommy DeVito. But uh, when he actually got some time in the pocket, he was. He looked like he could be... Like, I think he locked up being the practice squad quarterback behind Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones. So, good for him. Well, really. uh, what did you think about that defensive secondary overall? I, I watched a little bit of the game, and I thought the Giants have a, a pretty pretty good set of cornerbacks and... Uh, Overall, they look like they've got some depth going on back there. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of guys look good. Like like I said, obviously Pinnock was the was the standout. Uh, Dane Belton also had an interception. He 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 looked good. Uh, Trey Hawkins and uh, Deontay Banks, the two rookies, looked good. Uh, I that's one of those things where training camp's a little deceiving because training camp is especially nowadays is so tailored towards the offense you know succeeding that it, every day it seems like the secondary for the Giants was getting cooked uh, but with the help of a defensive line putting pressure on the quarterback they look they looked good uh, granted again against the back of quarterback uh, 
and a third string quarterback for the Lions. But uh, but yeah, no, they definitely uh, they look better than advertised uh, this summer. And my New York Jets are going to be playing later today against Carolina in another preseason matchup. I have to admit, I can't really uh, get too excited about preseason football for the very reason that you just mentioned, which is it's a bunch of guys that are trying to win a job and not many of the starters are going to see the field. Um, It's nice to see the rookies. And And again, there is a part of me that does enjoy seeing people. Like, I like seeing people win the job in real time, so to speak. Right. Uh, like that Browns quarterback right now, um, Dorian, I think his name is Dorian Thompson. He's, he's looked terrific. Like he's there, like he's going to be their backup quarterback. He's a fifth round pick. He looks like he should have gone in the second or third round. He's been, he's, he's been shining throughout camp. And then in the Jets preseason game, he looks great. Now he's still looking good. So if he keeps that up, if anything, he's gonna just, you know, it sucks that he has Deshaun Watson ahead. That's that's really all I can say. All right, let's uh, pivot to baseball. The Yankees beat the Marlins nine to four. They're still in last place in the American League East, eleven games behind the Orioles, uh, four games out in the wild card. Do you see the Yankees leaping over all those other teams to get a wild card spot, or is it time to run up the white flag for the Yankees? I think they're still stuck in the middle, really. Like I, I you can't. I, I don't think you can, in good conscience, wave the white flag when you're only four games back. Um, at the same time, I just. They're just so uninspiring to me. Yeah. yeah. Even when they, like, even when Judge is back and he's crushing 465 foot home runs to dead center, like last night, it's just like that's they're a one trick pony. Right. Well, I tell you, the team that's been exciting to watch of late is over in the AL West, which is Seattle. They've just won their eighth game in a row. Nine right, of their last ten. Yep. Just took on took took on the mighty Orioles and beat them. So, uh, and, and you gotta look at it like this. Like, I know it's not the be all end all things, but look look. This this is just a, a stat. Run differential. This, this is the wild card teams. Run differential. The Rays plus one forty five. The Astros plus seventy nine. Mariners plus sixty one. The Blue Jays plus fifty three, the Red Sox plus thirty, and then the Yankees are plus four. Yeah. So yeah. It's like they're well, just well, uh, speaking, they're an average team. Yeah. This is what they are. Yeah, they're they're not a whole lot of fun to watch this year. Uh, speaking of a team that is fun to watch, the Orioles, uh, there was a big flap over their announcer, Kevin Brown who works for MASN TV, which by way of uh, disclosure is owned by the Orioles. Um, he, um, he mentioned during the game that 
the Orioles had won more games at Tropicana Field against the Rays this year than the previous three years combined, which was a way of saying how much better the Orioles were playing. And it's not hyperbole. I, he was, that was a factual statement. Yeah, said, yeah, it was an opinion. It was fact. For some reason, the, the Orioles' ownership took exception to the comment, and he disappeared from the TV from, like, that, that happened on Monday. He wasn't on the TV Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He reappeared last night and told everything, every, everybody, everything's fine in Birdland, but I don't know about you. I thought it was outrageous. No, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's one of the most ridiculous stories I've, I've ever heard. Um, just insanity, really. I don't, I don't understand how that, how no one, I guess, in the entire front office knows what context is. And oh. like, you're, you are the darling of the baseball world this season. Everyone whose team is out of it is probably rooting for you to go all the way. And you just, like, go out of your way to embarrass yourself. Yeah. I, like that. It, to and me, it will pass. Like, it'll go away. It's just it's just so dumb. It was. Like, to, it, it's like, to me, it was just inexplicable. I don't know why they took exception to the comment in the first place. Like, yeah, you were bad. You I mean, bad for, you know, one of the joys. You for a couple of years. Now you're good again. In large part because you were bad, right? You had all these great prospects because you were bad, and now you're great. Well, and you have to acknowledge that you were also very bad. You know, I, I'm I'm very happy for the Orioles, but you know, being a, a Mets fan for 35 plus years, you know, one of the joys for me is no matter how bad the Mets are, they've got the great announcing crew on SNY of Gary, Keith, and Ron. And Gary, Keith, and Ron often say things that are derogatory about the Mets because they're telling the truth. If if yeah. Met, if if the ownership of SNY were to start uh, canceling them out, uh, it would uh, probably take away any reason for me to watch the Mets the rest of this year. Yeah, well, I mean, and again, the Orioles, like, there's... And these are the same people, though, that got rid of John Miller and Gary Thorne. Yeah, two of the greatest. Two of the greatest baseball commentators to have ever lived. Could, couldn't agree more. Love those guys. So, so yeah. So that's, you know. So they just like bad announcers. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. All right, so let's get into last night's debacle. Met zero, Atlanta seven. Tyler McGill pitched well for about three and a half innings. Uh, then all of a sudden, the bases are loaded and we have a bases clearing hit by the Braves. It was, you could have predicted it. Matter of fact, I did predict it. I was on a phone call. He only, he only walked one guy. <laughs> well, that, that is an improvement. He pitched five for five and a third innings. He gave up nine hits. Six runs, five of which were earned. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... We're, we're, look, we know what's going on. Everything for the rest no, I of... I know, but this was actually, like... 
this was historically bad in the sense that, I, and I and I, I I actually got this stat uh, from the here. The Mets are the only MLB team in the modern era to collect seven plus hits and draw nine plus walks in a nine inning game, but not score a single run. Yeah. Yeah. And right. They left the the thirteen de- runners on base. Yeah, not only did they leave a small village on the base pass, the defense in the outfield was squirrely. And I say that on purpose because at one point we even saw the squirrel in center field where, in my opinion, he has no uh, no, no business being. No. No, he does not. The uh, corner outfield's fine. He's good as a corner outfielder, but not center. Yeah, uh, Lindor missed his first game. Uh, due to side soreness, so that broke his streak. Yeah, I've been down this road before. That's 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 gonna be an oblique injury. Yeah. Like it's, I, the amount the amount of times I've watched one of our star players get get scratched from the lineup due to side soreness, and then they're out for a month or two with an oblique. It's just well, you know what. With the the amount of money they've invested in Lindor, shut him down. Let him get healthy. The season's over for the Mets anyway. They're, they're 14 and a half games out first place and seven and a half games behind in the wild card. And they're not going anywhere. Shut him down. I mean, the only guy on the team is playing. In, there, there's two guys that are playing really good baseball. And those are uh, the Polar Bear and the Troll. Um, I love our lineup today, though. Our lineup for this afternoon is beautiful. Do you want me to read the starting lineup? Yeah, yeah. Give us the starting lineup, John. We got Ortega leading off, playing center. Vientos playing third. He's batting second. McNeil's back to... uh, I'm sorry, Vientos is playing third. McNeil's at second. He's batting third. Alonzo batting cleanup. Vogelbach's the DH. We got Almonte in left field. Nevada... Narvaez is catching, DJ Stewart out in the right, and I still am not saying his name, Arouse of Yeah, do you know I, how to say it? I don't know how to say it either. Yeah, shortstop. There we go. That's our starting lineup and, today. And Danny Reyes right. is our starting pitcher today. So my prediction, is, my prediction is Atlanta 10, New York nothing. Uh, another happening in Mets world, uh, Beatty was sent down to Syracuse to get his act cleaned up, and he's already hit a home run. <laughs> so, so hopefully he's getting his confidence back. Um, what do you think our chances of seeing Mr. Maurizio are? I mean, I think if we are going to see him, it's probably not going to be until September at this point. Although the Lindor, if Lindor goes on the IL maybe that expedites things, but I doubt it. Um, well, he's he's still he's, tearing up the baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's just he. It's it's a double-edged sword because like there's reports that like his numbers have gone down as of late, but at the end of it, then there's also reports that he's feeling checked out, which I can't really blame him. No, me either. Feeling checked out? Yeah. So, well, 
Uh, also on the Mets uh, bulletin board would be there was a tweet that came out this week and was quickly deleted, I might add, that uh, hitting coach Jeremy Bonds Barnes had instructed this year's Mets to do things differently than last year. He wants them to, wanted them to quit swinging so many strikes. Uh, could that be the reason for the huge drop in batting average and performance overall? I think so. What about you? Probably. I mean, I, we've been harping about this for weeks. <laughs> we, had the, we had the highest WRC plus in franchise history last year and thought, yeah, let's completely change our approach at the plate. Yeah. That, so, that, yeah, I, losing to the Braves, they, they, they were so mentally broken after getting swept by the Braves last September that it made them completely change their philosophy to hunt for more power. And then they ended up with a bunch of guys that couldn't hit their way. So yeah, the Mets had something that was working and got them to 101 wins and then decided, let's stop doing that and try to be exactly like our competitor despite not having the guys in the lineup to do said thing. And now we're here and everyone's worse. Yeah. And we're, we're gonna, we're, we're tanking in July or August rather August yeah I've seen I've seen enough of Jeremy Barnes I I wish him well and I wish he would go somewhere else Uh, and and on that note you know Buck had to be on board with this this didn't happen without Buck knowing so I'm I'm starting to to turn on Buck which I never thought I'd do but that is such a, a bad decision on, on the part of all of the management of this team that, that it's time for a new new crew. Stupidity. It's just utter stupidity. Now, and a, the, the fact that it was clear as day from the start of the season. And we're just fine. And then we get the confirmation after everything's been blown up. That that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Like I text you, it's madness. Well, I I did find it odd that they took that tweet down about thirty minutes after it was posted. Um, you know, it does confirm what you and I have been harping on for weeks and weeks and weeks. There, it's exactly what we thought was going on. So bully for us, but uh, you know, the team's still bad, so it's still a bad thing. Uh, on a note, a little humorous note, last week's podcast we were talking about the fire sale at the trade deadline and one of our listeners is a, a, a friend of mine named Matt Gately sent me a text that I'm going to share with everybody. He said, listen to the podcast this morning on my walk and got home to see an email from the Mets saying they have great seats for the upcoming homestand. It felt like getting a promotion from the Canadian Tourism Board with the headline, Come See Our Wildfires, <laughs> which I, I, I thought was fantastic. Uh, Matt's always got a, a way with words. He's uh, one of the funniest guys I ever met, uh, which uh, 
Well, I would like to encourage Matt to uh, send in more <laughs> as he feels like it. Uh, that, that... Again, though, again, though, as horrible as the Mets are, and like we just said, there's no reason why they should be here. Their hitting coach is a loser. They could, like, you could be the Arizona Diamondbacks, for example, who have just completely fallen apart and are now as they're three games out of the final wild card spot, I believe. And they just, the only good thing for the Diamondbacks is that they weren't they weren't expected to win this year at all. No, but they played inspired ball in the first half. I think, like you mentioned, I think the wheels have just fallen off. They've lost nine in a row. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say, I'd say the wheels have fallen off. Um, my, uh, and then Cincinnati has, has lost two of their, uh, they've lost eight of their last ten. And yet, they're still tied for the final wild card spot with the Cubs. Um... So, it's one of those things where, like, I've been, I was the one that was harping to you that, like, the Mets did the right thing. They needed this fire sale. They're going to be better off because of it. We now have five prospects in the top 100. Uh, a lot of those guys weren't on the team two weeks ago. However, there is still a fan in me that's watching the like the, the Cubs lose two out of three to us when we're not trying. The Reds falling apart. The Marlins falling apart. The Diamondbacks falling apart. And I'm like, man, maybe the Mets could have competed for the final spot. But Well, I mean, there, yeah. the flip side of that is we could have been like the Angels uh, and gone all in uh, to try to make yeah. our superstar I mean, want to stay. That, no, and they, they spent a bunch... Would have been getting you know, they they spent a bunch of money and, and it was poorly spent, in my opinion. The, pod- oh, yeah, the Angels are a dumpster fire. They're they they're now six and a half games out. They're a game under five hundred. They're not even sniffing a, the playoffs at this point. And I, I I say that knowing the Mets, like even if the Mets did miraculously make it to to the wild card, they weren't beating the Brewers. And so they weren't taking two out of three from Milwaukee. So it's you know. And I don't think Steve Cohen is the type of guy to lose in the wild card round and be and think of the season as a success. So he did, you know, he blew it up, which uh, is historically what he likes to do. Well, when things aren't working. Look, I I agree with you that what the Mets did was the smart thing. That's that's intellect speaking. Emotionally, it was hard to watch. Uh, despite the fact the Mets weren't playing great ball, I thought the team chemistry was pretty good. And to ship guys like Canna, Fam, who I was never a fan of, but he was the best player on the team for most of the season, uh, to ship those guys out, I, 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 could, I could almost understand the Scherzer and Verlander thing. And, you know, you pointed out multiple times that we got good prospects back for all of them. It was just hard to watch. I understand on an intellectual point of view 
The Mets did what they thought they had to do, and I agree with you, it was a smart thing to do. But as a fan, you never want to see your team get broken up in the middle of a season. Um, anyway, we've gone on and on and on and on and on about that. What else is going on in the world of sports? Josh Hart put to the New York Knicks for the next four years. So that's a godsend. All right. That, that man... That man became one of my favorite basketball players ever in the half season that he was here. So I, I, I cannot wait to watch him again. This season, I, it was, I mean, he had signed a, I knew he was going to be on the Knicks this season. And I knew that the contract extension was going to happen as soon as I could, which was August. But just to have it official, official that he's going to be a Nick. Uh, it's not a massive contract to four years, eighty-one million. Um, he, he makes he makes everyone on the team around him a better player. It's a great guy to have in the locker room. The city loves him. It's just a perfect fit. Good, good. So, Some, yeah, something for the orange and gold that that will win. Yeah, and. And him and Brunson are both representing America in the FIBA World Cup right now. So if you do need a basketball fix and you uh, want to catch some NBA players, uh, you can always watch their games. I think they've only played once so far. They they beat up on Puerto Rico pretty good. And R.J. Barrett is, playing, is representing his home country of Canada as well. So you have two countries to uh, keep your eye on. Cool. Speaking of pro basketball and the WNBA, the Liberty won again, beating the Sky 89-73, and by doing so, clinched a playoff spot. So congratulations to the New York Liberty. Yep. Uh, in soccer, North and the National Women's Soccer League, the uh, Gotham are going to play at 10 p.m. tonight. They'll be playing San Diego. They are still tied for second, one point behind North Carolina. In Major League Soccer, uh, the Red Bulls are still in 11th place out of 15, and the New York City Football Club are still in 13th place out of 15, so they both still suck. Um, from the world of Major League Soccer, when you plug in an international soccer star, as Miami so wisely did with Lionel Messi, the guy's a house of fire. He's a scoring machine. I mean, John, have you followed any of that? He scored two goals in the time that we started this podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, at this... It's like he looks like... He makes everyone else look like they're moving in slow motion. Well, the sad truth is, compared to him, they are. Uh, you know, there's there's still a, a, a rather big gap in talent between top-shelf soccer worldwide and MLS soccer in the United States. It's getting better, but it's not there yet. Uh, I, would, I would love to see the MLS teams pick off more international stars because that would be the quickest way to get it going. Well, Neymar is going to be on the market, it appears. So, trying to throw a half a billion at him. Uh, he's still too young, though. I can't see him wanting to 
wanting to come play here. The only reason Messi's here is because this is basically like, you know, a retirement league. Right. Uh, It'd be like but, years ago when they brought Pele in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, for the New York Cosmos. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, he's he's terrific. If you, if you just want to watch a guy run around and score a bunch of goals, go watch some Inter-Miami. Yeah. Well, you know the the uh, Premier League soccer season has started up again, and all the pre all the preseason pickers are picking shockingly Man City. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm hoping my uh, my my boys in Liverpool have a better season this year. I mean, they had an okay season last year, but Man City just ran through everybody. <laughs> yeah, it was it was. It was pretty much a foregone conclusion from the get-go. Well, I mean, not really. They, Arsenal was holding its own for the majority of the season, and then they just fell apart at the end. I don't know. I, you know, I look, I look at Man City kind of like the Houston Astros. Even if they're not in first place at the end, they're going to be on top. Well, yeah, it's about, I mean, they have, they've spent so much money for so many years now it was about time you know they, they had to win eventually yeah um, you yeah, know but we'll, we'll see we'll see they everyone uh, Liverpool hasn't even played the first game yet they play uh, they play Chelsea tomorrow morning so that should be a fun start to the season yeah Chelsea's very good it'll be a it'll be a, a good way to get a barometer on where Liverpool's gonna be this year Klopp, their 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 coach, you know, everybody says that he has problems in his what did you say, sixth season? Which, yeah. which was last season and you know, they finished I think fifth on the table. Which, All right. which is yeah. not, while we're talking which while is, we're talking about Premier League soccer, I just cause our mutual friend Jeffrey Oriana is holding a gun to me right now. I have to announce that uh, Chelsea Signed their very first Ecuadorian player uh, just the other day, Moises Caicedo. He got $115 million from Chelsea. He was stolen from Liverpool at the very last hour. So, yeah, some Ecuadorian representation for Liver for uh, for Chelsea rather. So that's a storyline going into tomorrow's game. Well, that that's that's great news. So uh, Jeffrey will. Have somebody to cheer for, and I'll have somebody to cheer against. <laughs> no, I, you know, I think I think Liverpool had a decent season. It wasn't a great season last year, but it was not a bad season, and I, I expect they'll do equally well or better this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a top five finish, but you, you know, deep down, they they expect much better than that. Well, I mean, if we're, you know, talking about Major League Soccer, how cool would it be if somebody like the, the New York City Football Club could get somebody like Mohamed Salah on their team? That would be transform, yeah, no. transformational for them. But how much ticket prices would go up? Pure fantasy. I know, I know for Messi in Miami, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's that's transformed that whole club. But 
you know, Miami's in the dumper, so what, what's it really matter in the, in the scope of things? Sure. Sure. All right, John. We've talked Giants. We haven't really talked Jets other than they're playing tonight. Yeah, we'll have more talk about the Jets next uh, next episode. Um, yeah, we're just playing out the string on the Mets, and I, I suspect we're playing out the string on the Yankees, too. We're just not willing to admit it yet. Um, happy to hear about the new signing for the Knicks. Happy the Liberty has clinched a playoff berth. Um, the women's Gotham soccer team is still playing well. Uh, Major League Soccer, I mean, you know, keep trying, boys. You'll get there someday. It's going to be, if the Giants and Jets are both doing well, like they're projected, it's going to, I mean, the, this this whole city's going to be going crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's been so long since since both the Giants and Jets were, were good at the same time. Yeah. And last year, last year it was baseball with the Mets and the Yankees both being in first place the majority of the season. I feel it's going to be that excitement. You could double that if the Giants and Jets are both are both doing well. So yeah, it's all just well September tenth. September 10th, we get to watch it and see what's actually going to happen. Yep. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm still uh, locked in on baseball, although the Mets are kind of hard to watch of late. Are you, are you, so I said I was going to ask you every podcast episode, do you, are you sticking with your World Series prediction as of now? Um, who did I say, Atlanta and Houston? Yes, yes, he said Braves and Astros, and I, I, I said that was the worst option. I'm, I'm going to stay with it. All right. I'm staying with it because I'm too stupid to know any better. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, that's about all for me. Anything else you want to add this week? No, no, that's, uh, that's about it. Uh, I give it, I, Strider's pitching game two of this doubleheader. Uh, that the Mets and Braves are taking part in, I give him a 25% chance of throwing a no-hitter. Oh, my. That's a bold prediction. 25%. Against this mighty Mets lineup? Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, 25%. Okay. Let, well, I'm going to check in with you next week, see how you made out on that. All right. All right, bud. Uh, thanks for uh, joining the fun again this week, everybody. That's all for me, Rex the Rookie. John? Uh, I'll see you all next week. Okay, folks. Thanks.